Everybody likes a little TNA. She crawled into the bed and put fucking pillows up underneath of her and was like, get after it. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. I'm Jason Roach. I say, I say, that woman's got some large breasts. I am Sam Hall. That some bitch threw me down and fisted me. Does fat bottom girls apply? <laughs> or perhaps skinny Vietnamese boys? <laughs> Pray tell. And we are the hosts of the TNA podcast. Fornicate, marry, or wouldn't piss in their mouth if their teeth were on fire. <laughs> Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I mean, TikTok. This is Dan from Night, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious podcast. Chris, thank you for having me. Just so you know, this is the first time I haven't had to remind Bruce to start recording. I don't know if that's true, but <laughs> they haven't. Uh, I don't think that's true. But go ahead, Bruce. I said I don't <laughs> think that's true at all. I think you're making that shit up. Most likely. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Where are you at? You're out in the West Coast, like San Francisco area. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco. Yeah. What's it like um, out there in these my days? Home, in my in my um, I'm, I don't, uh, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure the same as uh, as everywhere. It's pretty crazy, but uh, you know, we're just trying to go through 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 life. You know, we still have to go to work. We still have to, you know, uh, do the groceries and everything. Like, like life, life, life goes on. But it's it's been kind of weird lately. I mean, many many shows have been canceled. We did reopen uh, briefly uh, after like September or so it was pretty open we did have some some shows we did play a few a few shows but then i don't know like uh, close to after December 1st or something everything closed uh, closed down again so let's see how how that plays out but is that a um is that a uh, government closure or is that like kind of like involuntary closure no i think uh, it's just that people are i mean it's either that there are not so many people going to do shows or just uh, staff getting 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 sick it's not that that is mandated or anything but yeah. uh, it's mostly people like um not wanting to put uh, others uh, in uh, in in harm's way or and also not not have a, a show that has five five people in the audience you know so right yeah yeah just for me i think you got to be careful around these times you know it's yeah. pretty crazy. I ended up in the um, ER the other night, not me personally, but my wife was there. And after seeing what was going on in there, there ain't no way in hell I'd be going to a show right now. No offense. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, scary as shit. <laughs> but you said <laughs> to be it's crazy. It's anyway. nuts, man. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, Bruce. no, go ahead. Keep talking. Well, I was just going to say, it was just like a line of people showing up constantly saying, I can't breathe. Everyone from like babies to seniors. It was just, I was just like, holy fucking the sound of the coughing coming down the hallway. I've never heard anything like that. I'm still haunted by it. 
Really? It sounded like some people were coughing. It sounded like people were coughing, but they weren't coughing because they had to cough. Their body was spasming to, to get air. That's what it sounded like. And it was just echoing down the hall, dude. It was like the most fucked up thing. I was just like, holy fuck, we got to get out of here. Could you imagine <laughs> being a healthcare fucked. worker having to deal Pardon with that my every language. day? No, no. No, I can't. So anyways, well, I'm taking this off, off topic, but... Anyway, let's talk about night since that's why Sorry. we're here. Sorry, we get kind of sidetracked pretty quickly. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's first... How did the deal with uh, Season of Mist come about? Ooh. Uh, well, um... Yeah, I mean, initially we we talked with uh, Michael, like uh, with Michael, uh, uh, the the main guy, right, the right. The, the the owner, uh, a, a long time ago in 2018 or so. Um, I mean, we we kind of know each other for many years because I was in many different bands, but uh, through the, through through the years, so we have crossed paths before. I have also produced music for his label in the in the past, but uh, anyway, at the, at the time back then it wasn't the right time for us to uh, join a season of mist back then we were just we didn't have anything we didn't have any any album out we you know and um uh we we, we did have a, a a really good first album and uh, a, a pretty solid uh, um um reception and everything and then uh, michael out of you know uh out of nowhere kind of he connected us again uh last year in january and Pretty much told us that he wants to try it out you know this, this time so for me uh season was uh, like the best possible scenario for for us from from the beginning like uh i don't think we were i mean of course i would I, it would be very hard to say no to something like that but like <laughs> um someone like you know century media or like metal blade or uh, it would be very dangerous for us to like go on and do a debut there, and we did we did talk to them, but they you know they were not. I mean, I'm I'm sure you know that that the bigger labels don't really take a chance in like uh, very like new bands now nowadays. You know, it's it's very rare that they're gonna take you from like zero to a thousand followers. Like it, it doesn't make any 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 sense for for them to use their uh, resources to do something like that. So yeah, I mean, uh, Michael liked what we're what we're doing, and um, uh, yeah, we we uh, you know I think he, he he gets what we're trying to do, and that's how that worked out anyway. I've chatted with is, Michael. Is it before. kind of an honor to be on a label like Season of the Mist? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, it's just what I just said. Is it an honor to be on a label like Season of Mist? Of course, I mean, season of is an is an institution. I mean, it's um, to me, especially like, like how we we have uh, positioned our ourselves and how where, where we feel at home. We are an under underground band. We're not um, when we're you know we are of course we are craving to make our show bigger and be able to to play on a bigger stage and a bigger stage and have a and have a and have a bigger a production and stuff, but. You know, we're not like exactly pop metal here. Uh, you know, like we're not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, to me that, um, of course, there's all these all these artists that uh, that season has put forward through the years that have shaped the genre. You know, like it's uh, of course it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Bruce. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. That's there, fine. I, I was gonna say. Um, I've chatted with Michael before, and we've chatted with a ton of season of Mist uh, artists, mm -hmm. and I feel like. 
he kind of my opinion is he gives you your your kind of reign to do your individual creative thing and then really gets behind you is that pretty much how it runs yeah yeah uh, uh, he he's definitely i mean i have i have I have worked with many labels because i i'm also a producer and an, and an engineer so that's what i do for the last 25 years so and i have i have seen all the all the different shades of with gray i guess like the, all right. the different types of uh, um approaches here and uh, yeah i mean i really love that you know when when he, when i'm saying that he's he's standing behind us he's like he's not he's not asking, he's he's asking us to do exactly what we what we want to do and not not play it safe like go like don't worry about uh, you know fitting in anywhere do exactly what what we set out to do and hopefully we're going to we're going to get this in in front of the of the people of people who are going to like it anyway or this is going to find an audience that is going to support us move, moving moving forward right it sounds like a dream really you know for a musician <laughs> well doesn't doesn't feel like 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 one to be you there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that i don't want to sound like uh it sounds corny but it is that i mean yeah. having um having a having a budget uh, but having a long list of things that we need to do and we need to do them right. Uh, it's not the, the most fun thing. Like I, I kind of miss like not having any budget and just going about like asking our our friends to do photos and everything. Like it, it is a little bit. More, it is it is more serious, you know. And also, it 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 is very heavy thinking. Like okay, this is our our shot. Uh, what do we do with it? Right. You know, like um, it's yeah. Suddenly, it's great, of course. But, Suddenly, it's not a dream anymore. It's a reality. And <laughs> when reality kicks in, sometimes the dream ends, right? But not—I yeah. don't mean ends, but like, like um, when you sign a record deal. Yeah, sometimes when yeah. you sign a record deal, you think, "Oh man, when we get a record deal, things are going to be so much better." And then you get a record deal, and you realize, "Holy shit, the work is actually just starting." Like everything I've yeah. done up till now was just part time, but now I have to go. <laughs> It's full time, yeah. Yeah, and you and you have to keep uh, keep this. I mean, for for us, there's no point in in us like freaking out right now and becoming stiff and not being and not bringing this like um, this like loose energy that, that that we have. Like we need to keep writing songs that don't fit into any into in a box, and we need to keep it fresh and keep it fun. Like keep keeping it fun is the most important thing. I think when when doing music, like you have to be having fun. So. Oh, yeah. When all the all, all these like pressures keep showing up from, you know, meeting deadlines and preparing assets and all that stuff, mm -hmm. like you have to, we have to stay focused at keeping it fun, keep making music that we love playing every night, and uh, yeah. I have a question. Same. What guitar do you have sitting beside you there? Uh, this that one? one. Yeah. Uh, this one is a is a Jackson Kelly is a Japanese is a is a pretty pretty cheap Japanese Kelly like it's like the, the oh, yeah. I mean it it, it was uh, made popular by Marty Friedman yeah yeah the great Marty Friedman yeah, yeah absolutely that's killer yeah sorry I'm such a geek I have to ask I'm a recording engineer <laughs> so I always ask about gear like yeah <laughs> non-stop like i'm looking at your speakers back there and i'm like what are those i want to know <laughs> yeah this, this, these are uh, uh dynaudio lead um yeah L lyd 48 
Yeah, those are the those have like uh they're like three ways, right? Those speakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, those are nice speakers. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Now here's a weird question: Did you burn them in, or did you just start using them? Uh, yeah, for I mean, I did I did burn them in. Yeah, I mean, um, I live in an apartment building, and to be honest with you, like my favorite speakers are BM15s. Yeah, but I cannot I cannot <laughs> use them here. I'm gonna get evicted. So yeah. yeah, these are these are these are these are kind of tiny for my for my. I mean, I've been I was using like BM15s for I don't know uh, 15 years or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, these are these are okay. You know. Okay, I'm not super excited about them. <laughs> they're they're fine. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been I've been mixing on a set of KRKV six series two for like mm. over twenty years. So oh. I'm I just too scared to change. I could change, but I'm too scared to change. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. As long as it, as it sounds the same in other uh, in other places, you're fine. I think. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Bruce. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I don't just chatting away. But so you said you're a producer engineer. Did you uh, produce and engineer Voices of the Cronian Moon, which I guess is due out in March, right? Yes, yes. You were you were hands on the whole way. Yes, it, it's coming out on March twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. I did. The, I did the. I mean, I. Yes, uh, yes. I, I did. I did both albums. The first one and this one. And um, yeah, of course. I mean. Um, I produced it with a band, as I always do with with every band that I work with. I'm, I can't take full credit uh, for it, um, but uh, yeah, I um, I did uh, I did I did all the engineering, re- recording, and all that stuff. Sweet, and I I watched well, the video. Were you guys really heavily. Sorry. De- oh, sorry, Bruce. You're just kind of freezing, so I'm jumping in on you. Yeah, no worries. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Did you guys do this recording predominantly with virtual instruments and amp simulators, or was it live, live instrumentation? Um, you mean if we, if we used amps, right? Because I yeah, mean, it definitely it definitely wasn't live. We we yeah. we overdubbed. We started with uh, with uh, with guide tracks, and then we did drums, and then we overdubbed everything else. No, that's um, what I mean. But were there were were you using like drum virtual instruments and amp simulators, or were you using like uh, real drums in a studio with guitars and a bass amps like real amps uh this one is um is uh, real real drums of course um yeah. they're not triggered though so like the only there's the only trigger there is is uh, like an extra sub on the ba- on the kick drum but that, but, that's cool. it. but the but the kick drum is actually the actual kick drum cool and um yeah i mean guitars on, on this one uh, are um uh, uh helix like oh, i'm using cool. the I'm, yeah. I'm using the um, the native plugin the helix plugin yeah and i did i did some some amp uh leads here here and there but uh they're not on all on all tracks yeah and also and also bass is uh helix it's so much more convenient working that way and i think like maybe even 10 years ago 15 years ago you couldn't get the same quality but now it seems almost ridiculous for me to set up an app a lot of the time. I'm like, why would I do that? Because it's going to take me forever and I'm going to have something close enough anyways in the production and we can keep the guitar player happy because they can just turn on, have the sound they want and be creative from the time they come in till the time they leave. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's a long uh, debate to be honest with you. I'm 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 definitely in the in the in the virtual camp because I've been doing this for I've been I've been in that camp for many for many years, uh, mostly due to monetary reasons that I couldn't afford uh, having all the gear that I wanted to to have, and um, so. That's one thing. Uh, these days, I mean, I do have a, have a stack in the studio that we practice, and I could have just, you know, went there with my laptop and did that. Um, what I really love doing, I, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit too like technical no, for, the, no, for, the, no. for the podcast, but no. If there's one, one, that, if there's one yeah. thing metal people love, is gear talk, and I'm I'm dead <laughs> serious about it. So one one thing that was really cool for this album. Um, it might be a little far out, but here, here, here goes anyway. So, uh, what I had uh, when I was like at, uh, at the final stage of like mix time, basically, I had done all this like processing on the guitars, like on the main guitars, right? I had like all this EQ going on and all this like compression and whatnot, but mostly EQ. Like I had to fit them in with the with the overheads, and um, I just at some point I took out all the EQ that I had done, and I and I started moving the virtual microphones and like changing microphones to make the guitars sound the same with EQ, but just by choosing microphones. And cool. that was that, that was just so cool because I, I would never be able to do that, you know, <laughs> in, in with a real amplifier and stuff. So, yeah, of course, I mean, there are like monsters out there that have amazing rooms, amazing uh, oh, microphones, yeah. amazing preamps, amazing everything. Yeah, of course, this sounds definitely better. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't I yeah. don't know Andy Sneap personally, but every I've read interviews where he has like amps just stacked. And they're all yeah. on a switch that he can run to pre mic cabinets whenever he wants. I mean, yeah, if yeah. I could, if I could do that, you better believe I'd be fucking doing that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's not real. It's not a real option for me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Same here for me. For me, the I mean, I'm trying to balance the the time I spend doing production and doing engineering work into doing song, songwriting work because I mean, like, if the if the song sucks. You know, no matter how many amps I have <laughs> on a like reamp re re switch, it's not going to help it. So save it. So yeah, to me, like the song comes first, uh, and I'm trying to um, put on tape, put on the medium anyway, the the MP3 or whatnot, uh, the best possible thing that I can at that given time. Cool. So you said you're in the Bay Area, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's it like being in the birthplace of thrash? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's unreal. Like, you know, I, I was born in Greece, uh, in Athens, Athens, Greece. Like, uh, I grew up there in the 80s and, and 90s, and I really don't know how I ended up here, how that, <laughs> that thing happened, but it did happen. And uh, to me, that there are certain things that, I mean, of course, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, Metallica fan. Like, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie that I love them. Um, and you know there are also other other things like I'm a, I'm a huge Marty Friedman fan and Jason Becker fan, and you know like all this I know all the stories that they were like when they first met they were they were practicing on, a, on a, at this like rooftop of Marty's flat that is like a few blocks from where I live and that cannot I cannot really I comprehend that you know like or when I was living in LA I, I was I was I was living in like studio city and i was literally driving in front of van halen's place to go to work that is also something for my little greek boy's mind is like <laughs> something that i cannot really process fully you know 
That's cool. Yeah. Now, is there still a metal scene in the Bay Area, or is it just was it just that one moment in time? No, I think, I think this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys know how. I mean, what what a great scene this this area has. I mean, it, we're, not, we're 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 a very small group of people. Like like we all know each other, kinda. Right. Yeah. But it's fantastic. Like, oh, sorry, the, sorry. All the people in, in the in the scene are just I don't know. Like it's. Uh, did, I, did you guys with me? Yeah, you cut out. Yeah. Can you can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can okay. now. Yeah, I was saying that like uh, it's a it's a it's a um, it's a small scene, but uh, it's it's such a warm uh, family thing. Like we all know each other. We do we do play a lot of shows uh, with, with the same people, you know. And um, yeah, it's, it is pretty 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 strong. Like it's it's definitely present, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Of course, there are like legends, you know, in the area. That are, oh yeah, I just find it interesting because metal is so like. Like, obviously, I don't think this way, and Bruce doesn't think this way, but from an outsider's perspective, metal has, like, this, like, real rebellious and angry and hateful kind of image. And San Francisco is, like, the city of love, you know? And I, I always found it interesting that thrash came from there and that, and that there's still a thriving metal scene there. You know, it's like all these hippies want, a, want metal. <laughs> it's great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. It, okay. To me, it, it, yeah. It, it, go, go, go. No, ahead no, no, no. Finish what you're saying, and then I'll go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, like heavy metal is not really uh, fixated on the on the hate and anger thing. To me, it's kind of like what I, where I see the essence of heavy metal is thinking outside the box, kinda, and not and not being boxed in into into anything so it, you can totally see it around around the city there's this like free 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 spirit thing going on here i mean of course there's a lot of you know um and workers as a, you know like people working in tech or like trying to you know make a living and stuff but the you know there's all these kids that are coming out that do like crazy shit all, all the time and you know all these like sk the skate skateboarding scene here is crazy you know <laughs> So yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty wild and pretty nice. Yeah. Very nice. That, that's what I mean. Like I, Bruce, Bruce and I don't think that way, but like when we hear about San Francisco in the media or somewhere else, it's like this crazy liberal city full of hippies and it's a psych. Mm -hmm. But really I, when I think of it, I think of thrash metal. Yeah. I think of heavy metal. Exodus that's the first thing that comes right. to my brain. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Bruce. No, I just want to bring it back to the to the band for a second. So, Cronian Moon, the single is out. It's heavy as hell. Um, what has been the response to it so far? And um, do we expect the rest of the record to be similar? Uh, the response has been pretty pretty strong. I mean, uh, I can't really judge uh, uh, very well because we're also getting all this like, exposure from the season of mist audience so you know where we're coming from we're coming from an uh, under underground bay area label and you know for us it's it's been crazy like we had like more exposure in, in the last uh, two three weeks than than we had in a um, couple of years uh, on um, you know before so um yeah i think that you know people like the song is like um 
um, it's very hard for me to say if it's um, the, if it, if the rest of the sound of the album sounds the same to me. Of course, it does, but maybe to you guys right. it will not sound the same. But um, there, there is definitely um, um, the 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 essence of the album is like a unified thing. Like it is a concept album right. in a way. It, it all the songs are about one one specific story thing that we came up with and. Um, yeah, we're just evolving that that story through these eight eight songs. Um, this is it's definitely one of the more upbeat songs, like one of the more uh, happy songs or something. <laughs> the one there's a new one that is coming out uh, in a couple of days, which is the the album opener, which is definitely I wouldn't call it happy, but it's definitely uplifting and stuff. There are darker moments in the album, as in every movie or <laughs> play i don't know like there are there are there are chapters in this in this book that are very dark and stuff but uh yeah we try to keep it interesting and like every every song is playing a role and has a different mood so okay we were talking about metal not being so hate-filled and angry and whatever do you find writing some of this music is like cathartic getting this shit out there especially the darker stuff that you're talking about I mean, yeah, making making music as as a whole is a very cathartic process. Like that's how I personally process the the world and my life and the uh, and the things that uh, that, we, that that I, I go through. That's how I I process, you know, both the good, the good and the bad. Uh, the bad, and I know that that's what the what the rest of of the guys feel too. Like that's how we we go about things. And um, yeah, it's it's not easy. You know, <laughs> it's not easy right. to uh, go. To, you know, it's a kind of like a, pro, a prolonged therapy session. Like you know, like uh, talking about uh, we we tend to talk talk about the things that have like scarred us, or we have trauma about, or we are worried about, or we or over over craving for. But yeah, it's uh, I think that that's the that's the role of of mythology, like through the through the through the eons. Like that's the uh, why, why people like going to ancient uh, ancient Greek, Greek plays, you know? <laughs> they like to process what what is happening in, in their everyday life through some hero uh, tale or, I don't know, through some some tragedy or drama or whatever. Uh, I, I have to ask, have you ever read Joseph Campbell? Have you ever read Joseph Campbell? Oh, okay. That's a very delicate question. My oh. father-in-law is a... Is a uh, I um, Joseph Campbell. So I I I thought you you said James James Joyce. Yeah uh, yeah of course Joseph Campbell. Yeah yeah I have yeah I thought okay. you said James Joyce and I was like uh, I I I have tried to 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 read James Joyce but I can't I'm not that smart I think <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, Joseph Campbell yeah and also Carl Carl Jung have been huge on me like I, I I discovered Carl Jung like when I was discovered you know I I just stumbled upon a book when I was uh, like 19 and I didn't under, understand anything at the time and then I keep coming back you know like 20 years 25 years later or so yeah it's been yeah. a huge influence for me. Yeah, just the way you were talking right there, I was like, this guy sounds like he has read a lot of Joseph Campbell. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So the power of myth, you know, it's like, it's like, how do we make sense of our world? How do we make sense of our history? How do we make sense of what's happening? And we can look to myth to kind of get us through those things. 
Yeah, uh, without wanting to sound shallow and stuff, like my exposure to that world was through through, through Star Wars. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> like it was. I was I was trying to uh, understand why why Star Wars was like such. Um, you know, I I I saw Jedi when it came out, like in the in the eighties, and I was like, my I, I you know my my head exploded, like you know. Um, so yeah, me trying to un understand why these things affect me so much, so much is what uh, drove me down that path of trying to understand why these archetypes have like this power over us. And uh, yeah, and and to this day, like all the bands that I've known and all and all the songs that I've, I have written are like it is like I can show you like one tarot card that is exactly <laughs> what, <laughs> what what this song is about, or one Greek tragedy, or one I don't know, like one. Um, so, um, I don't know. Like it, mythology appears in many different forms, and you know, through the around around the planet. So, so here here's a question. Then, growing up in Greece, you're obviously surrounded by history that people in America don't really understand. I I, I certainly don't understand it. You know how how has that influenced you when you come to America and you have like this kind of um, deep understanding of of the history that you grew up around and surrounded by it everywhere. And then you go to a place like San Francisco whose history, you know, doesn't go back that far, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, well, uh, but this, I mean, of course, I don't know. Like, uh, there's, there is, a, there are pros and cons of me, uh, growing up there. Um, I'm going to start with the cons. The cons are that, that are, are that uh, are that I'm not there, right? I'm an I'm an immigrant for the for, for, for the last like 25 years because what I want to do was not available there. Yes. Or you know, so um, I want like to be honest with you, I don't really lament about on on that stuff. Like I mean, I I appreciate that that I'm here. I appreciate that I have lived in like Germany, in England, in uh, California. We're, we're not like I I love that I managed to to, to do that. On the other hand, it is tough. Like you know, I am, I am, you know, I'm considered an, an immigrant for the last 25 years, and my Greek family is pissed off that I'm not there with them. You know, and you know, so a very common thing that happens to immigrants is that for Americans, I, I, I am a Greek, and for Greeks, I am an American. So I'm, I'm like caught in limbo, kind of. So that's one thing that is taking a lot, uh, a lot of my energy through the last uh, years, anyway. Uh, the other thing is that I have, yeah, I, I, I definitely have this like deeper understanding of, you know, our human history and how how things came to be and all that. And one very uh, simple but very essential thing is that Greek is an is an older language, and there are very simple things that I understand about uh, easier about certain words like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can um, maybe think something out of the thin air, but like there are all these like English words that I can totally get where they're coming from because they use like this like syllab syllabus in there that that comes from a different word that I know what it is and I know what it you know like even like pentagram like penta means five and it just it has like five corners you know what I mean so all these little hints anyway and it's it's really cool like to like even things like. Um, especially when you're looking at things like philosophy and uh, like occult thematology uh, and all that stuff, this is like ridiculous. Like this, like right there, like the names of things are 
the, their meaning and why they are there. Like Lucifer means like the, the light bringer, right? But it's in the name, although Lucifer is, is the Latin word, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it has been very helpful on that uh, part of it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, it, but, it, but it's not an easy, an easy life to, to live, uh, to be an, an immigrant. Um, I understand. I I'm. I, I mean, my transition wasn't as hard, I'm sure, because I came from Canada into mm-hmm. the U.S., but it was still a complete, like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> I don't understand anything. And, like, you know, I, I could communicate with people, but I didn't understand the systems. I didn't understand anything. And and it's a shell shock, really. Yeah. Um. And Canada has no history. You know, it's like Canada is like, what, 160 years old or something. So (laughs) when when you come from like a place like Greece that has such a diverse and long, like long ass motherfucking history, it's got to change your interpretation of where you where you are, because you're you, you almost learn from osmosis, I would imagine, growing up. Yeah, but it might be a little a little controversial to what I'm gonna say. But to be honest with you, like I don't think like the Greek history is not your history. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the same history. We're all human beings, right? It doesn't it doesn't matter that. So, uh, yeah, to me, like I was born in in 1979 in Athens, Greece. But like you know, we're both humans living close to the second to, to the third millennium to the beginning of the third millennium like uh, some yeah. of us were like geographically born there but like this is our culture like this is a collective Fucking human right. culture you know what i mean so in the words of sammy hager we're just humans being exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey we are running up against our time here we've got like four minutes left in the zoom right Okay. Do you have anything else that we missed? Chris, you want to get any last thing in? No, I mean, I haven't taken up the whole damn conversation. I apologize. That's okay. Just, yeah, the thing the thing we like about this podcast is that we don't bring you on to talk about, like, how you came up with your band name or how you, you know, what's the song about. We come on to give people access to the artist so that they can get to know the artist in a more personal way, which is why every episode's a casual conversation with and we don't know where we're gonna so end I, up. I hope you don't yeah we, we never know like we do research but we never know where it's gonna go and i hope you don't mind that because i've really enjoyed having you on and I'd, we'd love to have you back as you do more promotional material that was awesome great yeah no i really it was really fun and i i mean the things that i would um i think the things that came out were very representative of what of who i am and what we are about so Cool. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you taking <laughs> the time. You <laughs> got it. Yeah. Thank it's you for us. And I've yeah. had a good really life. weird connection, so I apologize for that as well. But have a good day. Thank you. Good luck no with problem. the record. You do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians or creatives from chino moreno of the deftones john gorley of portugal the man to fat mike from no effects and ian mckay from fugazi and minor threat we go all over the map from fallout boy to slayer peer pleasure has it all check us out now on sound talent media